Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We are live on Football Full Circle right here on the SportsGrid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. He is the mastermind of the pigskin, the touchdown man. Yes, that would be Joe Lisi. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday on Football Full Circle. Lisi, a ton of time to prepare and break down the two remaining football games we have before Super Bowl 57. Of course, it is conference title Sunday on the horizon in the AFC. It's a rematch for the second consecutive year. Inside Arrowhead Stadium, the Chiefs host the Bengals. We'll get to where the line has moved already for that matchup between Cincinnati and Kansas City. And of course, Joe, in the NFC, it's the top two overall seeds. The one seed, the Eagles... The NFC Championship runs through Philadelphia as they host the Niners. Philly right now, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Joe, it's Tuesday. When do you start to dive in a little bit more to these numbers and really start to make your handicapping strong? I do it like more towards Thursday morning after I break it down. But, I mean, one thing I am certain about, at least for me, and feel confident about, Ben, is the totals. I'm taking both overs in both of these ball games. I don't care about the rushing attack of San Francisco and obviously Philadelphia. I think I, I think the speed advantage of Philly allows them to stretch San Fran over the top, and I think we get points of plenty in both of these matchups. So that is the one perspective I'm not changing in terms of my mindset and my approach to both of these games. I do like Cincinnati and believe in Joe Burrow. The only game I potentially maybe could be swayed is Philadelphia, but I feel pretty good about my picks already. So I'm sticking with both favorites and I'm sticking with both overs as we head into the midweek for both of these matchups. And the favorite now, Joe, to win the AFC title, that would be the Cincinnati Bengals. Because, Joe, we saw it based on the change from yesterday where the Chiefs opened up as a slight one-and-a-half-point home favorite. The Chiefs are now the underdog, getting one-and-a-half points at home. The Bengals now the favorites, a minus-126 price on the money line as well. And the total has dropped by a point to 47-and-a-half. Joe, it would seem... That line movement, both for the spread and making the Bengals the favorites, with the total dropping by a point, is all due to Patrick Mahomes and his right ankle. Of course, he suffered that high ankle sprain in the divisional round this past Saturday against Jacksonville. We heard from Andy Reid yesterday, Joe, that they said they are preparing for Patrick Mahomes to start the game. And as of right now, quote, Andy Reid said he is, he is doing, quote, okay. Not exactly the biggest reinforcement, Joe, that he's trending in the best direction to be close to 95 or 100%. 
but that's where it stands. Joe, do you think that line movement, both in the spread and in the total, for the Bengals and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game has to do all with Patrick Mahomes? No, not all. Uh, I think that we saw them open up as a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't think, honestly, the odds makers would have made KC a three-point favorite. You're talking about a team in in Cincinnati that has beaten them three straight times. Last year in the AFC Championship game as well. So, And they were an 11-and-a-half-point underdog in that matchup, right? They trailed both meetings last year by 11 points at the half and somehow, some way, pulled it out in, in terms of that matchup. At the end of the day, Ben, Cincinnati, in my opinion has Kansas City's number. I think Burrow and that group are very confident that they can attack Kansas City in terms of the vertical passing game and even in the run game. And the simple fact of when a team has your number, I think that holds weight, especially in a playoff environment, even though they're traveling on the road to Arrowhead. I mean, this team, all they do is just win, and especially in tough environments. We're talking about a team that was written off at 0-2 and and ran off and now 13-4 and four in the regular season after that victory last week. I mean, just such an impressive effort by Joe Burrow. I think they have the inside edge over Patrick Mahomes, even if he was healthy. Three matchups, Joe, in the last year, pretty much. The regular season finale to start off January of 2022. They beat the Chiefs at home in Cincinnati, coming back in the second half. They won that game outright as a short underdog, as a six-and-a-half-point, seven-point dog on the road in Arrowhead last year, Joe, for that AFC Championship game. The Bengals storm back in the second half, and they win in overtime, outright as that touchdown underdog. And of course, week 13, earlier this regular season, a monumental matchup in Cincy once again. The Bengals victorious, 27-24, outright as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Three meetings in the last year, three victories for the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe, let me ask it to you this way, because you answered my question perfectly there, that you believe the Cincinnati Bengals are the true favorites for this football game, given the status of Patrick. Mahomes, but if he was 100% healthy, Joe, or maybe 95% healthy, and you knew he was going to be out there at that effective level come Sunday, what do you think the line would be? I, I, personally, I would have made it a pick em. I really mm. would have. I, I don't think Kansas City has that much of a home field advantage over Burrow after their 0-3. I really don't. All right. It's a good point. That's what Joe Lisi thinks of it. We'll continue our breakdown as we keep going here on Football Full Circle, looking at things outside of conference title Sunday. We'll do that next on FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra. 
just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are live right here on Football Full Circle. Joe Lisi, as we speak, the markets move. I am Ben Stevens. We talked about the line going flippity-flip. The Bengals are now the favorites to win the AFC Championship, a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Arrowhead in the second of two on Conference Championship Sunday. Joe, in the first game up on Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia, the Eagles remain a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but... Somebody must have been listening to FFC, Joe, because the total has worked up as well. From 45 and a half, it is now 46 and a hook, which means at this very moment, Joe, on Tuesday afternoon, both of the over-unders for Conference Championship Sunday stand at 46 and a hook. Joe, somebody's following along with you, betting the over of that Niners and Eagles total. Yeah, I think you have to look at it from a big-picture perspective. You have to throw the kitchen sink at both of these defenses that are very good in terms of the back end, but from formations, from schemes, and and just a playmaker status, you have to give one-on-one opportunities to the players that can score touchdowns and score points for your team, right? I mean, for San Francisco, they can't go into this game and say, we're just going to go straight up, basic vanilla game plan, run the football, rely on the front seven, and then we'll see who stays in the end. No, you have to give the football to George Kittle the way they did in terms of the game against Dallas. Get the football out in space to Debo Samuel. I'm not talking about fly sweeps. I'm talking about in the passing game, and Purdy's going to have to attack this secondary, in my opinion, over the top. That's going to be the recipe, in my opinion, to run on the front seven of Philadelphia. And then on the flip side, I said it last night, I think it's a huge game for A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and even go in terms of the the passing game for Jalen Hurts, that'll open up their RPO game because I think both defenses stack the box, they take away the run game, put the ball game on both quarterbacks, making their first NFC championship appearance, and game on, baby. Let's see what we have. When you look at the 49ers, Joe, eight games now for Brock Purdy where he has either started seven of them or pretty much played the entirety of the game, taking over for Jimmy G in that first quarter against the Miami Dolphins now nearly two months ago. They have scored 33 or more points in six of the eight, the only two times, not 21 points on the road in Seattle near the end of the regular season. And then, of course, Joe, the 19 they scored last weekend in the divisional round against the Dallas Cowboys. But the Niners, despite having the best scoring defense and best total defense, Joe, their offense has also been incredibly good here as they have won 12 consecutive games. Christian McCaffrey a little bit banged up in that game against the Cowboys. Same with Elijah Mitchell. They will both look to get healthier against this Eagles team, Joe, where we have the top two total defenses in terms of yardage allowed in the NFL. The Niners ranking first, the Eagles ranking second. Do not sleep on what the Eagles do defensively as well, Joe. That defensive front for Philly is good as you'll find in the league. 
Absolutely. And the secondary, led by Darius Slay, is legit as well. They can play man-to-man coverage, which allows them to blitz off the edge and potentially get quarterback pressures in third-down situations. It's going to be a great game. It really is in terms of how both offenses and obviously to see how the defenses take away the strengths of each opposing offense in this matchup. I do feel that the speed of Philadelphia is the difference, not just in terms of the wide receivers, but the running back in Miles Sanders and obviously Jalen Hurts, his athleticism, how they utilize him, should they have success in terms of the passing game. That's what's going to be so critical to see how Sirianni attacks it. But I think they attack it straight up. I think they go a little tempo early, look to jump up. You have the home crowd in terms of your advantage. We know how crazy Philly fans could be with a Super Bowl appearance on the line. And let's see, Brock Purdy, you're doing great right now. You're rolling sevens, baby, but can you do it in a road environment in one of the most nastiest environments in all of the NFL? And that will be the case. Joe, every start for Brock Purdy so far has been the biggest start of his career, right? This is the first one on the road in a playoff game. Of course, the first two for San Francisco. Super wild card weekend and last weekend in the divisional round at home in Santa Clara, California. All right, Joe, we have plenty of time throughout this week to continue to focus on these two conference title games on Sunday. Break it down from every angle as the props become available. The key matchups we'll have our eye on. All of that stuff in the days ahead this week on Football Full Circle. Actually, the props are already starting to come out, Joe. Put a pin in these numbers. 216.5 for Brock Purdy, his passing yards prop. Jalen Hurts, 243 in a hook. We'll see how those numbers change throughout the week. I do not believe there are prop. Oh, there are props out, actually, Joe. Mm-hmm. For the Bengals and the Chiefs, I find that interesting because we know Patrick Mahomes is going to play, or at least we expect it 99.9%, but how effective is he going to be as we continue to monitor that right high ankle sprain on his right leg? Joe, both the props for Burrow and Mahomes, 270.5 for their passing yards number. Both of the quarterbacks staying under those two numbers so far in this postseason. Joe Burrow twice, and of course Mahomes banged up in that AFC divisional round game against the Jaguars. So we'll put a pin in these conversations at the moment, Joe, and a pin in these discussions at the moment as we continue to look forward to Conference Championship Sunday. But Joe, for the 28 other NFL organizations that are not in action on Conference Title Sunday, the offseason has already begun. It's either been going on for a few weeks now, or it just started, including those four teams eliminated from the playoffs this past weekend. Joe, big news on this Tuesday as well as it pertains to the New England Patriots. It's a familiar face making his return to Foxborough. Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, where he spent the past two years under Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa, is about to become the OC again for Nick's good friend and his former boss in Bill Belichick. Bill uh, Bill O'Brien, Joe, had been in New England for five years from 2007 till 2011 in that final year serving as the offensive coordinator for Tom Brady and the Patriots. What did you make of the move, Joe, that Bill O'Brien is returning to New England? 
Well, I mean, we heard the rumors, right? Ever since the Alabama regular season ended that potentially Bill O'Brien would be on the horizon, they had to do something. I mean, the brain trust, and I say brain trust, of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge took that program and that organization straight down like a dart this year. Totally one-dimensional. Now, I will say this. Even though Bill O'Brien is back in terms of the OC, maybe they are a little bit more balanced. Maybe they are more aggressive on first and second down. But in the offseason, baby, Bill Belichick needs to address the wide receiver core. They are pedestrian at best. I mean, pedestrian. Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, Janu Smith. I mean, come on. I mean, what are we talking about? When we're talking about elite playmakers, Stephon Diggs and speed with Gabe Davis, James Cook, Dawson Knox. So you look at Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson for the New York Jets, Waddle and Hill in terms of the conference. Are you going to try and Run, run the football again with the with trying to turn you know uh, touchdowns out of stone in terms of the stone age <laughs> offense that they have. I mean, come on now, what are they doing? They need to draft speed, whether it be in, in terms of offseason acquisition. And I'm not talking about a possession wide receiver in Devonte Parker. I'm talking about a legit playmaker that's a pure wide receiver number one. Absolutely so, Joe. It's interesting, right? Bill Belichick keeps those around him very, very close. His coaching tree is not all that expansive because some guys, when they leave New England, they find their way back to the Patriots organization. I guess it has been a recipe for success for one of, if not the greatest, NFL head coach of all time. Of course, six Super Bowl championships with Tom Brady as his quarterback. That has not been the case for the last two years, but the Pats have been in postseason contention. They made the playoffs in 2021. They were right there, Joe, as the seventh seed entering the final weekend before they headed to Buffalo and ultimately lost to the Bills. But he made Matt Patricia, his former defensive coordinator, his offensive coordinator this year, and his former special teams coach in Joe Judge, his co-OC as well. At least Bill O'Brien, Joe, at the very least, has that offensive pedigree, and he worked for Bill's best friend, it would seem, in Nick Saban the past two years in Tuscaloosa. Now he heads back to Foxborough. Plenty more around the offseason in the National Football League that we'll discuss up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are back live right here on FFC. Joe, we continue our off-season conversation because there's four teams, of course, still in the hunt for a Lombardi Trophy, playing on conference championship weekend out of the AFC. It's the Chiefs and the Bengals, of course, in the NFC. It's the Birds and the 49ers. That means the 28 other NFL organizations, Joe, already have their eye on the future, including four that were hoping to be here on conference championship weekend, but were eliminated in the divisional round. Joe, we talked about this yesterday. The Dallas Cowboys, are they going to keep Mike McCarthy as their head coach? When Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, was asked that question following Sunday night's loss, he said there is no doubt that Mike McCarthy, his his status as the head coach does not need to be reevaluated. He didn't say for sure Mike McCarthy was coming back, but was there any change? No, not at all, is what Jerry Jones had to say. But Joe, of course, there is some idea that maybe Sean Payton is a natural fit. He rose through the coaching ranks as the offensive coordinator in Dallas before becoming the head man in New Orleans. We got reports this week. Sean Payton had a meeting with the Carolina Panthers yesterday. He's scheduled to fly to Denver sometime on Wednesday to continue his interview process with the Broncos. But, Joe, he's interviewed with four of the five teams that have a head coaching vacancy, the only team not, the Indianapolis Colts. Where do you think, Joe, where do you think personally Sean Payton is the best fit? And you can include Dallas if you would like. Well, that's a loaded question. Where I think he's the best fit, if we're talking about the open teams, uh, it's it's so hard. I would say Carolina. I, I would say Carolina. If I'm going to talk Dallas Cowboys, the one downside to that is that I don't think he would have complete control, even though he is Sean Payton. Because the reason why I say that is, why did he interview with Houston and show interest in that job? I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think he would want to go to the Houston Texans in terms of a complete rebuild, other than the fact that maybe he gets complete control in terms of every organizational move along with the head coaching job because that would be the only reason you want to have your your hand in the pie for the Houston Texans. They're not in terms of a win-now situation. This isn't Jacksonville where you have a star quarterback yet in terms of you know playmakers that you've gotten in terms of the offseason moves and say you know maybe we're a year or two away from a playoff run. They're nowhere near that right now. So why would he even be interested in terms of that situation? I say Carolina because because of how they played this year, they have a rushing attack. That's sort of what he had with Drew Brees in terms of Alvin Kamara and what he built there. Pass catching ability out of the backfield and a solid defense. I think Carolina has the type of defense to potentially elevate to the next level next year. And obviously their one concern is a quarterback. He has Sam Darnold there now, but I mean, obviously they're going to have to shop around and get somebody in there that could take this team to the next level. I would say Carolina and then I would say the Cowboys because I don't think Jerry would give him complete complete control in that type of situation. What about the Broncos, Joe? Do you think it's worth the endeavor to try to resurrect Russell Wilson's career? Do you think Sean Payton could be the guy to get the best out of Russ still here north of the age of 30 to try to get the Broncos back to where everybody expected them to be this season? 
I think it goes beyond the X's and O's. I think it's a mentality problem with Russell Wilson thinking that he's above everybody and not part of the team. And can Sean Payton change that? Or will Sean Payton even make that more prevalent because he's the guy and he'd buy in to Russell Wilson and then that, the teammates that are on that team would not even want to play for the guy. That's part of being a winner and why Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes are so successful for their organizations is because the players around them buy in a la Jalen Hurts. Look at the elevation and the progression that Jalen Hurts has in terms of the leader of that offense when you put a couple of playmakers around them. You could throw maybe all A-plus wide receiver number ones around Russell Wilson and he still thinks he's the best player on the block when he sucks. That's the one downside to taking the Denver job that I see in terms of Sean Payton coming to coming to the Broncos. I don't think it's a quick fix. I think Russell Wilson needs an attitude adjustment. Otherwise, he's not going to get back to his A game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Joe. There's an idea, right, that Russ, maybe not a top five quarterback or even top ten quarterback in the league anymore like the Broncos paid him to be when they acquired him and sent a whole ransom to the Seattle Seahawks. But if he could be top half with how good that defense has continuously been, and there are some pieces in place. Javante Williams comes back from injury as their star young running back. Of course, Jerry Judy is there. Cortland Sutton. They have the idea. Tim Patrick, who was injured in training camp as well. Maybe there are the pieces you can work with for the Denver Broncos, Denver Broncos uh, organization if Sean Payton is their guy. Joe, I think the only reason the Houston Texans could be slightly intriguing. Now, I don't trust Cal McNair as an owner. He has proven that he is very quick to judge and that he will act on a whim and fire you even after you are relatively competitive throughout a season. I do not trust Nick Casario as the general manager. I don't think it's a great organization overall, but the amount of draft capital they have and have had over the last two years and they have moving forward There are a lot of young pieces that maybe you can cultivate if that is what Sean Payton wants to undertake. But you're right, Joe. When does that make them a contender? I'm not entirely sure. Joe, let's focus on the AFC South. I want to ask you this question. The Jacksonville Jaguars entered this year with a preseason win total of six and a half. It was the same win total the Bengals had entering last year in 2021 that they sailed over, of course, on their way to a spot in the Super Bowl and an AFC championship. Now, Jacksonville overperformed expectation, not quite to the same level of Joe Burrow, but last year it was Joe Burrow in the Bengals in his second year. This year it was Trevor Lawrence in the Jaguars in his second year in the league with a head coach in Doug Peterson that has that pedigree. So, Joe, when you look at the AFC South next year, knowing the division is going to be going through some turmoil outside of Jacksonville, Houston still seems very far, very far off. Indianapolis will have a new head coach, probably going about things with a rookie quarterback as well. And the Tennessee Titans seem lost. We're not entirely sure what their quarterback situation is going to be. Joe, when you project out next year, 2023, do you think it's a fair level of expectation to say the Jacksonville Jaguars will be the preseason favorites to win the AFC South Division next season? 
Yes, and I think their win total would be exactly where we saw Indy and Tennessee this year. Nine, nine and a half for both teams respectively, right? This year, six and a half. They made it to the playoffs. They get a wild card win. And now, obviously, they are the front runners. The biggest thing that Jacksonville has is a quarterback that understands the system and the scheme. He's confident now. The biggest change for Trevor Lawrence this year compared to last year, just look at the stats. 66% completion percentage, regular season in 25 touchdowns, only 7 INTs. Last year, 12 and 17 with a 59% completion percentage. But I said it to Kevin when we did pro football today. The game-changing performance for me, for Trevor Lawrence, came when they played overseas against Russell Wilson in, in London and they lost that game. He only threw for 133 yards in that ballgame, had two critical interceptions, one came in the red zone that cost his team a victory. From that point on, Ben, the game seemed to slow down down for Trevor Lawrence. He understood where, and he understood the checkdowns. He understood his reads, his progressions. He had pocket mobility and presence. He tucked it and ran. It's like, in that loss, the light bulb went on for Trevor Lawrence, and all of a sudden, he had three 300-yard passing games at the end of the season. Now, he could take the next step. He has the quarterback-to-wide receiver relationship with Kirk, and obviously, Marvin and, and Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. This is a lethal team. Don't be shocked if this is like the foundation of what we saw Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, the next step, right? This could be the same Joe Burrow type, Kansas City type of team in the making. We might have the big four, Buffalo, KC, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville. Ooh, out of all the four divisions in the national or in the AFC. And Joe, I would agree there's a lot of questions coming for pretty much every other team. What will the Ravens do with Lamar Jackson? What are the Browns going to get out of Deshaun Watson in his second year? The Steelers have some bones in place as well, always performing better on expectation. And Mike Tomlin still has yet to have a losing record in his 16 years as the head man in the Steel City. In the AFC West, what's going on with the Raiders? Who's their quarterback going to be? We talked about the Denver Broncos. The Chargers need a new offensive scheme with a new OC. Is Brandon Staley the guy for the long term? And in the AFC East, we mentioned the Patriots. What are the Jets going to do at quarterback? Will Derek Carr be in New York next year? And of course, is Tua Tungavailoa hopefully going to be healthy enough to take that Miami Dolphins team to where they were through the first 12 weeks of this NFL season? Joe, let's now go to the Buffalo Bills because for the last few years they've had some of the best prices to win the AFC championship and to win the Super Bowl Joe we have said at nauseum almost on this show that the Buffalo Bills all offseason all preseason all summer all regular season except for a one-week span were booked as the AFC title favorites and the Super Bowl favorites to win the whole darn thing the Chiefs of course getting the number one overall seed in the AFC were the favorites entering the postseason but Buffalo was right there Joe still neck and neck and yet again the Bills come up short Joe that was the sentiment from Buffalo yesterday one of my good friends who we have on the morning after often Dan Fates who does an incredible job covering the Bills was in the locker room yesterday as the Bills did their clean out day and they they said goodbye to this season and the sentiment he said Joe was the Bills almost felt like they were numb like they were left with the same questions everybody in the media asked why does Buffalo come up short consistently in the postseason so that question Joe that the Bills are asking themselves I'll ask you next here on Football Full Circle as we continue that conversation right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back live right here on FFC. Joe, we're having the conversation about the offseason now being here and awaiting the teams that got eliminated in the divisional round. We talked about the Cowboys, their future at head coach. It seems Mike McCarthy, probably 98.5%, is going to be the head coach next year. Let's also not forget, whoever gets Sean Payton, if anybody does, has to give the New Orleans Saints something. It will be a trade. He is not an open market individual who was fired from New Orleans. He walked away. So there will have to be something given back, some resources to New Orleans. If Jerry Jones were to fire Mike McCarthy pretty much only to get Sean Payton, Joe, that would be something to keep in mind. And one more thing about the Cowboys we didn't bring up earlier, Lisey, was Dan Quinn. More than likely, he might be a head coach coming up next year as well. And that defense ranked top five pretty much in every metric outside of stopping the run. But we were talking, Joe, about the Buffalo Bills right before we hit the break. And I mentioned my friend Dan Fates, who works in Buffalo and Rochester, covering the Bills on a daily basis. Joe, he's been on the morning after a ton. He really has the beat of the team. And yesterday on locker room cleanout day, there was a sense of what now? for Buffalo. How do we fix these problems? The same questions you guys being the media as you guys asking us are the questions we are having as well. Like we're really good in the regular season. We play great football. We look like an all-time world beater and then something doesn't click at the biggest points of the year in the postseason. Isaiah McKenzie, Joe, the wide receiver for Buffalo, pretty much said that. We're great in the regular season and in the playoffs something just feels off. So Joe, the same questions I'm going to ask you and that we discussed us here of what's wrong with Buffalo how do they take that next step to elevate to a true Super Bowl contender it's the questions they're having internally Joe do you have the answer well I I think that it is a mental aspect and I, I think that the longer you don't progress and I'm talking years right from last year's disappointing loss to this year and you bow out the uncertainty creeps into your mind and obviously you have to worry did we miss our window now that's not to take away from Josh Allen 
That's not to take away from the explosive playmakers that they have, like Stephon Diggs. But part of being a great team, Ben, is the chemistry. You don't need maybe the best playmakers, but how do you perform as a unit, both offensively and defensively? And I think that's the difference. Sometimes it feels like they're out of sync. For whatever reason, we've seen Buffalo sort of play down to the level of competition. And when that happens... They just walk through the motions, whereas, yeah, Cincinnati can do that, Kansas City can do that at particular times, but Burrow and Mahomes find ways to pull ball games out for whatever reason. And on this team, Josh Allen gets them into position, but they can't get over the hump. So, so I really believe that it's a mental aspect and a mental approach for the Buffalo Bills and not a talent perspective. Is that Sean McDermott totally? Is that maybe Ken Dorsey this year as opposed to what we saw last year with Brian Dable being a little bit flat and not mixing up the offensive play calls as Carver you know, alluded to last night? That's a potential. But at some point, you have to look yourself in a mirror and say, you know, we believe we can do it. I think that's the biggest difference between Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati is that KC and Cincinnati believe every time they go out there, there's nobody they can't defeat. Where the Buffalo Bills, like you said, and like your friend had mentioned that covers the team, they're asking questions as opposed to taking care of business. That's the difference, I believe. Really true, Joe. At the end of the day, what do you want? A quarterback that looks fantastic or a wide receiver core that has a ton of talent or a defensive line that you have added to throughout the offseason to get after opposing quarterbacks or wins? Joe Burrow wins football games. Patrick Mahomes has only won football games in his five years as a starter for the Kansas City Chiefs. It bears repeating, Joe, especially with the fact that KC is now the underdog in the AFC Championship game. In the five years since Patrick Mahomes became the starter to start the 2018 season, the Chiefs have won 12 or more games in all five years and have hosted now the AFC Championship game in five straight Seasons. Joe, Josh Allen finished the regular season in playoffs with 23 turnovers, the most by any player in a season over the last three years. It maybe wasn't the reason that ultimately cost the Buffalo Bills their season, but it's something that certainly needs to be straightened up as the Buffalo Bills look to get better and better each and every year. You cannot be a quarterback and put your team at a disadvantage in that large of a quantity, and I think Josh would be the first to admit it, on a consistent basis. That is an area of improvement. The talent is there for Buffalo. Von Miller hopefully returns healthy for them. He was a huge impact player the first 75% of the season before Thanksgiving Day. There are things that Buffalo will be able to correct and course correct, Joe, entering this upcoming year. I'm not sure that means staff changes or what exactly the changes Sean McDermott or Brandon Bean are going to make, Joe, but it's just something to keep in mind. Now, Lisey, I want to ask you it like this as well. Like we said, the Buffalo Bills were the preseason, summer, offseason, regular season, pretty much all-time favorites to win the AFC and Super Bowl 57. Where do you think, Joe, they will be from the odds perspective entering next year? Of course, we have the Chiefs and the Bengals in the AFC title game for a second straight year facing off against one another. And despite that last year, Buffalo was still favored by a large margin ahead of Kansas City and certainly Cincinnati. So, Joe, where do you think Buffalo will be as the AFC title odds come out for next year in that list, will they be the favorites? Will they have the second best price, the third best price, so on and so forth? Give me your assessment. 
No, I think they're going to have the third best price. But I think they're not going to be far behind the Kansas City Chiefs and Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, you know, right now, depending upon who wins, I would put Cincinnati first, Kansas City second, and Buffalo third. But I think Buffalo maybe plus 350 to win the AFC next year. I mean, I don't think it's going to be higher than that in terms of they're not going to be, in my opinion, plus four or five to one, six to one. No way. No way. I mean, they're going to be right there. Maybe three to one. To win the AFC, I mean, I I think it's right there. I would put Cincinnati number one, depending upon this outcome this year, uh, in this game coming up in a week, and uh, and number two would be Pat Mahomes. And then Mm. the fourth best price for me, you know what? I I would probably say, you know, they're going to probably have the Chargers there, and I'm going to disagree with that. I I would have Jacksonville. Based off the performance with Peterson, Trevor Lawrence taking the next step, the fourth best team, in my opinion, would be Jacksonville. Then, then you could have L.A. and Justin Herbert in that. Until they win a big game, I can't put Brendan Staley in that in that conversation. Joe, we pretty much saw over the last month and a half, two months of the regular season, and since he started their win streak, they have now won 10 straight games. There was that clear distinction between the top three, Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincy, in some order, in the rest of the conference. I think number four, if things go well this offseason in the Charm City, it will be the Baltimore Ravens. They expect to bring Lamar Jackson back. Both sides still remain optimistic about a deal getting done, but we'll see necessarily Joe there was a lot of drama yesterday on social media this continued today with the Bengals and the Bills Eli Apple of course a defensive back for the Bengals poking fun at Stephon Diggs Stephon Diggs was obviously upset at multiple times throughout the games on Sunday looking at his quarterback Josh Allen they got into it a few times perhaps on the sideline or at least Stephon Diggs trying to get in Josh Allen's ear and Josh wasn't really having much of it and Stephon Diggs left the locker room or at least the tunnel pretty early on following the result Stephon Diggs said yesterday Joe pretty much on Twitter you want me to be happy with losing nah He's an emotional player who reacted in an emotional way to the loss. I have no issue with it, Joe. I wouldn't want my players to be on the opposite end of that coin and lose in a huge spot when they've been booked as the favorites all year long and were a a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home in Western New York against the Bengals to leave and be like, you know what? We'll get them next year. I would want them to be pissed. I would want them to get out of there. I would want them to have that emotion because, to me, it shows it cares. But, Joe, there's some beef right now between Eli Apple and Stephon Diggs that, um, you know, is made for some social media fodder, certainly. Joe, are you concerned at all about Stephon Diggs or the Buffalo Bills core returning at least based on that talent perspective next year? No, no, not at all. I mean, Diggs is uh, Diggs was upset in Minnesota because he didn't like the quarterbacks at the end of the day. Let's be honest. I mean, he's got a playmaker in Josh Allen. They have a great relationship in terms of the on the field and I, I believe off the field. And at the end of the day, yeah, he's upset because he wants to win and he wants to football. He wants to contribute in terms of his team's success in that type of situation. And the offense was shut down as a whole. You win as a team, you lose as a team team. At the end of the day, I'm not worried about Diggs jumping in anywhere. I will say I think their offense has the potential to be more explosive if they can implement James Cook into the short intermediate passing game. If Hines is there as well, he's a playmaker out of the backfield. They have to utilize all of their weapons and I think that's the one difference between what Dable did and in terms of what Ken Dorsey did this year with the offensive scheme. Yeah, it will be really interesting, Joe, to see 
where exactly the Buffalo Bills go from here. All right, Joe, as we keep going around the offseason that awaits some teams, we had this conversation slightly yesterday about the New York Giants. Now, Joe, I think it's pretty clear to see that the Giants are going to pay Daniel Jones, but, Joe, do they have to pay Daniel Jones? Do you think he is back as their starter next year at the quarterback spot? This is a tough one because when he's good, he's really good. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that game against Minnesota, he was throwing darts. Now, was part of that due to the, the just the bad play of the Minnesota secondary? Yeah, part of it was Daniel Jones anticipating throws. At the end of the day, though, you have to take the whole body of work. You can't take just one or two games in terms of a sample size and say, you know what, yeah, Daniel Jones has gotten it now. Let's look at the whole body of work from the season. He wasn't asked to carry this team a whole lot early on. Yes, they got some play out of Hodgins and and Slayton in terms of those playmakers, but at the end of the day, he's got to go up against one of the most explosive offenses in terms of Philadelphia. Look at what they're putting up. That's the challenge. I said it before to Carver last night from a skill perspective. They have the worst skill talent in the division. I yeah, mean, they're sure. nowhere near Philly and Dallas, and even Washington, which John Dotson and Terry McLaurin have more more active wide receivers and more productive wide receivers than the Giants. So if it were me, I wouldn't sign them. I would go in a different route. It's the interesting question for them, Joe, because it feels like they have to. But do they really have to? Do you really have to sign Daniel Jones based on that one performance in Minneapolis? Listen, he was not good against the Eagles. He wasn't. He wasn't. He threw for 135 yards, had 24 on the ground, and had an interception. But, Joe, all year long, when you look at the stats for Daniel Jones, 3,205 passing yards, a 67.2% completion percentage, only 15 touchdowns through the air, but only five interceptions, 708 rushing yards, seven rush touchdowns. Joe, career highs for Daniel Jones this year in his now four-year NFL career in passing yards, Completion percentage, completions overall, pass attempts overall, pass rating, and a career low in interceptions. Also career highs in utilizing his legs on the ground in rushing yards and in rushing touchdowns. That, in large part, Joe, is probably due to Brian Dayball putting him in the best spots. But, Joe, does Brian Dayball want Daniel Jones back. It's that catch-22, right? Brian Dayball is such a good offensive coach and puts his players in their best scenario. It's why the Giants got to the divisional round in the first place with a roster that clearly lacked in talent that the Giants will look to add to this offseason. But it's almost a blessing and a curse. We'll discuss that up next here on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just a few more minutes left right here on FFC. All right, Joe, let's tidy up the conversation about Dayball and Daniel. Brian Dayball being the head coach in New York and Daniel Jones potentially being his quarterback of the future. Joe, they might bring him back, right? You could franchise, tag him, see what you get out of another year if it is consistent success for a second season. Maybe you approach another contract extension. But, Joe, do you think Brian Dayball, if you had to go into his mind right now, do you think he wants Daniel Jones as the future quarterback of his franchise? I'm going to say no. I don't know. Something to, I, I would just say no. I, I would think that he, either one – I don't think he's going to go to a rookie. I don't think that. But I think he would rather have somebody else. He's got a great skill set, uh, Daniel Jones, right? When he's elusive and he can utilize the RPO game, he's as, as effective as some of the best quarterbacks in terms of the NFL. But when he's bad, he's bad. So I don't know. I, I, I would say if I had a bet right now, I would say 60-40 to the no for Brian Dable in, in terms of wanting Jones. It's such a weird point, right, Joe? Brian Dayball and Joe Shane, who's the general manager in New York, came together, not together necessarily, but they worked together for many years in Buffalo. For the better part of the last half decade, they have been together in some form or fashion. He has seen Brian Dayball transform Josh Allen into one of the five best quarterbacks, one of the three best quarterbacks in the National Football League. I wonder what their conversation is, Joe, as they were not the guys that invested in Danny Dimes. They were not the guys that selected Daniel Jones, number seven overall a couple of years ago in the NFL draft. I wonder what they're saying to each other. I wonder what Brian Dayball is saying to Joe Shane. Like, Joe, you know me. I'm good at this. But that doesn't mean Daniel Jones is our guy. Or, hey, Joe, I can work with him continuously and even get him past his career year that he had here in 2022. It will be a fascinating watch, Joe, throughout this offseason. He's Joe Lisi. I'm Ben Stevens. That does it for us today on Football Full Circle Live right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Plenty more to discuss as we get you ready for Conference Championship Sunday the rest of the week here on FFC. But up next, live right here on Sports Grid Radio, it's the Money Line with Donnie Wrightside and Kevin Walsh. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.